0: Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier, columnist for BleacherReport.com. Hope you all had a great weekend. I'm so glad that you're back. Let's get right into the show as we are previewing each position for the Dallas Cowboys. Today, we are on to my favorite position, wide receivers. But before we get to each individual player, let's review this entire group. Overall, when Dez is healthy, and we all know that this is this receiver core is really, we're really focusing on Dez because he's the most important player here. When he is healthy, this is one of the best units in the entire NFL. Not because of their overall talent and not because of the star power that they have, but because of how all the pieces fit together. Dez is really that straw that stirs the drink. He's the focal point of this passing attack. And if he goes down, this is not the same receiving unit. Now, I know some are going to argue, but wait, but wait, he last year when Dez was out, they were 3-0. They didn't even need Dez. Well, that's not true. We have to remember that when they lost Dez for three games last year, it wasn't like they beat three really good teams on their way to doing that. They beat a bad San Francisco team. They beat a bad Cincinnati team at home. They beat a slumping... Bay team that had a bad defense anyways and was injury riddled in the secondary. These weren't great defenses. So don't think that just because Dallas was 3-0 last year without Dez, that they can walk into Seattle and win that game without him. Or that they can go to Atlanta and beat Atlanta and put up 35 points without Dez. They need him. He's the most important player in this passing attack because of what he does, not only for himself, but for the other receivers on the team. Cole Beasley would not be the same player without Des Bryant on the outside drawing the safety. Terrence Williams certainly wouldn't be the same player without Des taking the best corner and drawing the attention of a safety. So let's get right into Des real quick. The last two seasons for Dez have been somewhat of a struggle. He's been hurt. He's never really been fully healthy. Uh, he broke his uh, fifth metatarsal in 2015. Last year he had a fractured knee. Uh, never really looked the same until at the end of the year. So people are wondering: Is was that was it a mistake to sign him to a big deal in 2015? I just think he's had some bad luck with injuries. This is still one of the most dominant receivers that our league has to offer. And you saw that in the playoff game against Green Bay. He was fantastic. It didn't matter who Green Bay put on him. It didn't matter if they had two guys on him. They could not stop him. This is one of their premier deep threat receivers in the NFL. And I say deep threat because nobody can stop him down the field. He is the best red zone receiver in all football. He's the most physical receiver in all football. Everything in the offense goes through him, and it's all predicated on him not only being able to beat single coverage, but to be able to beat double coverage and to draw double coverage. Without Des taking on the attention of the defense, their offense overall wouldn't be as good. Elliott wouldn't be able to run as well. You would see a lot more eight, nine-man boxes, even more than you saw this year. Beasley wouldn't have the same opportunities in the middle of the field. Neither would Jason Witten. So I know there's a lot of criticism for Dez, and I know that the national media wants to tell you that, well, Dez Bryant's not this great receiver because he doesn't run a full route tree. And that's kind of been my pet peeve of the last few years. And my mission to everybody who's followed me on Twitter is that you don't need to run a full route tree in the NFL to be successful. That's the biggest lie that anybody has told you when watching receivers. And you hear it all the time. You hear it in all the talk shows. Hey, Des Bryant, he, he's never going to be this elite receiver because he doesn't run a full route tree. That's garbage. It's just not true. You only need to run three or four routes successfully in the NFL. That's it. Des has him. He can run a slant. He can run a post. He can run a fly. He can run a dig. He has those four, and he can run a corner route pretty well, too. You only need to run four routes to have success in the NFL. Des last year, started the season out slow because of injury and because of adjusting to a new quarterback. The first half of the season was not great for Des, But... Over the last eight games, Des was fantastic. He scored eight touchdowns, nine if you count the passing one he had. He was a much more efficient receiver. Early in the year, Dak was really force feeding Des the ball, um, and anytime he got in trouble, he threw a uh, just basically a prayer ball, hoping Des would make a play on the ball or knock down the pass. As the season went along. Des and Dak got a little bit more chemistry together, and you could see them click, especially in that Green Bay game where he went 9 for 132 and two touchdowns. We all know that Des is still a superstar. He just needs to stay healthy to prove it. I really believe he is still one of the top three receivers in football, but he just needs to stay healthy. Moving on, let's talk about Terrence Williams. The Cowboys re-signed Terrence Williams this offseason to a four-year deal worth $17 million. At the time, I was ecstatic about it because I thought the move of re-signing Terrence Williams kind of unlocked the rest of the Cowboys' offseason plans. No longer did they have to worry about replacing him in free agency or spending a high draft pick on him, which reminds me. Uh, if Just so you can kind of remember this going forward. If Dallas didn't re-sign Terrence Williams, the pick probably would have been Juju Schuster-Smith in the second round. They really liked him. They really liked him as a a compliment to Dez. I'm not even so sure that it wouldn't have been in the first round. That's how highly Dallas thought of Juju. But once they re-signed Terrence Williams and Bryce Butler, who we'll get to in a second, There was no longer that need for a receiver. The Cowboys took Taco. They started taking their defensive backs in the second, third round. They just didn't have a spot for Juju that high in the draft. Back to Williams. I think Williams is an okay number two receiver. He's a little underwhelming. He'll disappear from time to time. But he has a tendency to make big plays in big games. We saw it in Seattle in 2014, we saw it in Detroit or against Detroit in 2014. You'll see Terrence Williams rise up and make these big plays. He's just never going to be an exciting option. Other opposite of Des. He's a fantastic blocker. Like Des, he has about three routes that he really runs well. Anything coming back to the quarterback. He has a small catch radius, which we've kind of all known that by now. If you want to throw to Des, or excuse me, if you want to throw to Terrence Williams, it's gotta hit him in the numbers. Getting outside the framework of his body is never a good thing with him. So he has a small catch radius. But he fits Dallas's offensive philosophy. They want to run the ball. He is not afraid to motion into the backfield and Cut a line or cut a defense end. He's not afraid to take on a linebacker. He has a different role than other number two receivers you see across the league. He's not Deshaun Jackson. He's not going to take the top off the defense. He's going to do all the dirty work that you don't see in the stat sheet. And I'm okay with that. In all reality, he's really their number three receiver, as Cole Beasley, who we're going to get to in a second has started to rise up this depth chart. I'm fine with Terrence Williams as a number two. I think in time, Dallas is going to try to look at some of these younger guys on the roster as maybe more promising, higher ceiling types of receivers. But for the foreseeable future, Terrence Williams is locked in as that second outside receiver, and I'm fine with it. Speaking of Beasley, let's get to him next. I believe Beasley is the most underrated receiver in the league. You can check out a piece I just wrote for FanRag Sports a couple weeks ago highlighting why I think Beasley is not only the best slot receiver in the NFL, but the most underrated. He is such a difficult cover that I'm actually not sure how you cover Beasley consistently. There's really only been a couple corners in Beasley's career that have had any success in stopping him. The first one that comes to mind is Brandon Boykin when he played for the Eagles. But Boykin has struggled through injury, so we haven't seen him a while in a while play at that level. Let's talk about first what Beasley isn't. Beasley is not going to be your deep threat. He's not going to be... A guy that wins the ball in the air. He's not going to necessarily win after the catch. But he is such an important piece for the Cowboys. Because he's the move the chains player. He's really replaced Jason Witten as that go-to target on third and six. Everybody in the stadium knows where that ball is going. Nobody in that stadium can cover him. Last year, Beasley had a career high 75 catches for 833 yards and five touchdowns. I won't be shocked if that number gets closer to 90 catches this year. I really won't. He's that valuable of a piece. Um, I know some people are thinking that the selection of Ryan Switzer is going to eat into Beasley's workload. I don't think that's true at all. Um, I think the so- selection of Switzer proves how valuable Beasley is to the Cowboys' offense. Dallas went out and spent a pick on a player, To fill that role in case Beasley went down. You could argue that Beasley is a more. I don't want to say important part of the Cowboys offense or valuable. But he is certainly. He is certainly a big reason why the Cowboys offense was better in 2016. Than it was in 2015 or in 2014. He had a bigger role. He was nearly impossible to cover. And that made Dallas's offense so dangerous. I'm hoping in 2017 that we see more 11 personnel with Beasley on the field. I would like to see Beasley's snap count jump up to about 75 to 80% of the team's overall offensive snaps. We'll probably get a higher number of those snaps this year because Prescott is clearly better with more receivers on the field. And tight ends. Again, I think Beasley's in for a huge 2017. Moving on to Bryce Butler. Dallas also re-signed him in the offseason to a one-year deal uh, near the vet minimum. I don't mind Butler as a fourth receiver. Um, I also don't believe he's a lock to make this roster. He's got a lot of talent. But this is a guy that has never had a 1,000-yard receiving season. In the NFL or in college. Think about that. In the last eight years of his career. He's not went over a thousand yards. In, in the NFL or in college. He's athletic. He's got all the tools. He's just never been able to put it all together. And that's why I think. there's a, There's possibly a spot open. For Noah Brown this year. I know Butler's having a nice training or nice, nice mini camp and OTA sessions and maybe that'll continue into training camp. But I just think he's a guy and I know that's going to hurt a lot of Cowboy fans that believe in his talent. I, he's just never been able to put it all together and I don't think this late in his career it's all of a sudden going to work for Butler. Last year he caught 16 passes For 219 yards, three touchdowns. Most of those came in Des Bryant's absence. I just think he's a guy. Moving on to last year's fifth receiver, Lucky Whitehead. A player who I think is being written off a little too early. Um, He still has return ability. The Cowboys clearly love his role on offense. In terms of the jet sweeps and being able to hand the ball off to him. But he's got to cut down on the fumbles. He has just 9 career catches for 64 yards. 29 career touches on offense. 4 fumbles. That has got to change if he wants to make the roster. He cannot put the ball on the ground once during training camp or preseason. He needs to show the coaches... That he has totally fixed that issue. I know people want Lucky Whitehead off the roster because of the addition to Ryan Switzer. However, I just don't think Switzer fills that same void. He doesn't play that same position as Whitehead. To me, they're totally different types of players. Whitehead is more of your Percy Harvin, Cordero Patterson type of receiver, where Ryan Switzer's more of your Cole Beasley, where he's a traditional slot receiver. I think the Cowboys obviously like having that element on their offense of being able to be in 12 personnel and then toss the ball to to one of your receivers and he runs it like a running back. I think they like that. I still believe Whitehead has a chance to make the roster. He's just going to need a good camp. His biggest competition is... Ryan Switzer. And our first question today from RJ Davidson. What type of realistic production do you see coming from Switzer? Most of his production is going to come on special teams. I don't see him putting up a lot of stats unless Cole Beasley were to go down. But just as we are today on July 3rd, I think Switzer may just catch a couple passes in fourth quarter of blowout wins, losses. I think he's going to be the eventual replacement for Beasley. Maybe not next year, maybe not even the year after that, but maybe 2020, maybe 2019, when Beasley is getting into his 30s. Switzer's going to have a role on this team. I just think it's going to be on special teams. I like what he does in terms of as a slot receiver, I think he's got the quickness, and I think he's got the toughness to to win there. He's definitely not the same type of athlete that Beasley is. He's nowhere near as explosive. But I think he can find a a way to survive in the NFL as a pretty good slot receiver. The other receiver the Cowboys took in the seventh round round was Noah Brown from Ohio State, another one of my favorites in the draft. Um, And that leads us to a question from at Bitterbeard one any chance that Noah Brown can make the team, or do you see him on the practice squad? Well, let's take a step back for a second. Let's, let's talk about the player. Noah Brown had just 34 career catches in college. He's just 20 years old. He's a big body guy, six foot two, 225 pounds. Um, he doesn't run like Dez. He doesn't have the same type of athleticism. But he's got that body, and he kind of plays with that physicality. He loves to mix it up in the running game. Um, I think his best fit is as an an ex-receiver on the outside. I'm just not sure if he's going to be athletic enough to be a guy that wins down the field. Having said that, I think there is a role for him on this Cowboys roster. Last year, we saw the team use Vince Mayle, the former Browns draft pick, as this kind of combo wide receiver tight end that could block, uh, that could do a little bit as the team's third tight end. I think that's a great spot for Brown. Is he ready to play that spot this year? Probably not. I think he's a perfect player to put on your practice squad. Let him learn the NFL playbook. Let him learn the speed of the game. Let him develop. Remember, just 20 years old. He was the youngest receiver to come in this draft class. Let him learn how to play in the NFL. Let him be in meetings. Let him be in the practice field. And then in 2018, when Bryce Butler's contract expires, let him try to win that fourth receiver spot. Again, he'll be just 21 years old. You would think he's going to change his body up. Uh, I know Dallas went to Ezekiel Elliott, asked him about this kid, and said, hey, this is a guy that you want on your team. He's going to bring it every single day. I like Noah Brown. I just think the expectations are a little too high. Remember, he's just a seventh-round pick. He was at the very, very tail end of the Cowboys draft. He's got a lot of guys he's got to beat out, including not only just Bryce Butler, but also Andy Jones, Lucky Whitehead, Brian Brown. He's got a lot of guys he's got to compete with. If he can stay on the practice squad all year long without getting poached by another team... I think Brown is a great guy to have ready to go for 2018. I think that's a great spot for him. Um, I liked him a lot at Ohio State. You can see this natural talent in the game against Oklahoma at the beginning of the year. Four touchdowns. Just an incredible red zone receiver. Uh, he knows how to use his body. He knows how to box out. He knows how to out physical or how to be more physical than a defensive back. I love his skill set. I am so intrigued to watch him during training camp and preseason, but I think it's more realistic to assume he's going to be on the practice squad rather than be on the 53-man roster. And that leads us to our last group of guys, Andy Jones, Brian Brown, Lance Lenore. Not a very exciting group of players. Um, you're going to see these guys a lot in preseason, probably a lot in their first preseason game in the Hall of Fame game. Um, the only one that really does anything for me is Andy Jones, and that's because he's got the size that Dallas wants. Um, he is another six foot two receiver that can run on the outside. He spent all of last year on the team's practice squad. There was reports earlier in the year that Andy Jones might be a contender for the number two spot. I don't think that's realistic. I think another goal for him this year is maybe try to crack the 53 man roster if not end up on the practice squad, compete with Noah Brown for that fourth spot in 2018. Free agents that are out there, it's a pretty limited group. Um, Nothing that probably excites the Cowboys too much. I think they're pretty set at receiver. Um, If there's one type of receiver they don't have is a pure speed down the field guy. They don't have that. But they haven't had that in the last couple of years. And we're not even sure that Dallas Dallas wants that type of receiver. We've seen that they want receivers that can block on the outside, that can help in special teams. They don't necessarily want just a downfield burner. I thought they would be interested in Kenny Stills in the offseason. But again, he went for too much money, not big enough for their offense. That's it for today's preview of receivers. If you have any questions... About today's podcast, make sure you tweet me at Marcus underscore Mosier. You can use that hashtag LockedOnCowboys if you ever have any questions for the show. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you can subscribe to podcasts. I use Podcast Addict on my Android phone. Works perfect. Make sure you join us on Wednesday as we take tomorrow off for 4th of July. And we will be discussing the tight end position for our training camp preview The list.